0: It's time we're talking Nebraska ball. You are locked on Huskers. Your daily podcast on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey gang, GP here. Jerry Pearson, 93.7 The Ticket, Lincoln, Nebraska, home and fighting Huskers. University of Nebraska, Lincoln. Uh, thank you, folks, for joining us and letting Locked On Huskers uh, be your first stop. Watch, listen each and every single day for this kind of content on your Huskers. Greatly appreciate it. Folks on Bet Online, we say thank you for what you allow us to do. The best odds, props, and lines each and every single day. It's where the game begins. Bet Online. Hoops! There it is. It's that time of year to kind of transition, and we need to get coverage to and pay. Uh, homage to uh, Nebraska Nebraska basketball, uh, both men's and women. So, of course, this episode we're going to go through what's going on with the men's program, what's going on in the women's program. And then because we get down like that, we will even whisper quietly about Nebraska basketball, uh, volleyball, and it's number two seed in the NCAA tournament. But don't tell anybody. Uh, subscribe, like, share the content. Uh, please do that. Greatly appreciate it for you. Um, being a part of the Lockdown Huskers, Lockdown Go Big Red, and Lockdown Sports family. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, it was, I've just been back. If you've noticed in some of the past episodes, I've given you some of the uh, the, the mobile uh, reports and episodes. Uh, Different locations, different spaces, different places, but uh, spent uh, the last few days in Orlando, Florida for the ESPN Invitational. And in that space, uh, watching eight really good basketball programs. Now, they're all playing at different levels currently, but if you go through the list of those, those programs and said, Uh, that my projection would almost be that five of them make the NCAA tournament. We couldn't be really surprised of them, that three of them have a legitimate shot to do some damage in the tournament. Uh, But this was a tournament that included Oklahoma, who ended up winning the tournament uh, with a three-point victory. Uh, Stanford was there in this tournament. Memphis, uh, Penny Hardaway and his Memphis Tigers were there. Uh, Ole Miss, who play just a unique, consistent, strong type of basketball, great wing play. Uh, None of the teams had a dominant big until later in the tournament where uh, Nebraska uh, got their captain back, but that's the lead. The lead is that what Orlando presented was the return of Derek Walker to the Huskers, and the captain is back, and we got a glimpse of how important he is to this team, its success, winning games, playing in the Big Ten, and any other success that they may have. He is a different version of Derek Walker than the previous versions that we've seen. He is a more aggressive, more settled, uh, stronger Derek Walker, first of all. Um, and the things that Derek Walker does for Fred Hoiberg and his team is multifold and consistently fluid. It's always changing. That in his first game back, uh, you could see some of the rust. You could see uh, maybe some of the hands uh, the touch wasn't uh, wasn't his usual level. His catch-and-go game was a little bit affected, a little bit different than what we had expected. But you saw him make himself available to the rest of the team. And that's important because Derek uh, has skill sets that not only play in the Big Ten Conference but will play uh, going forward for the young man. What he did in this space, uh, especially against Florida State. Now, Florida State – Playing without his best player, then uh, they've got a big. They've got McLeod is is seven foot three, I believe. Athletic, super long, uh, aggressive in his play. And what happened in this game was Derek Walker dragged him. It's a phrase I like to use. He dragged him in deep water because Nebraska early on uh, this season has difficulty in its press break, and teams figured out that if we trap Nebraska at the corners. Uh, whether three-quarter court, half-court, uh, or in the front court, we have some there's some problems it creates for Nebraska offensively. It puts a lot of pressure on Sam Greasel. Uh, it wears him out. It puts additional pressure on Emmanuel Bandamel, uh, having to be the backup point guard. Uh, young Lawrence got in the game, and they tried to put him there and see how he would handle the pressure. Uh, and they all had some level of success and difficulty, uh, but it was Derek Walker to the rescue. And to have a big in the Big Ten who can handle the ball, Derek became the press break. He became the man in the middle. Uh, whenever Greasel got in trouble, he would go to Walker. Walker would catch, turn, uh, triple threat, and then get into the system. If they ran a trap at him, he could see over it and through it. But what he also did in dragging Florida State's bigs out from under the basket, it then freed up the thing, which is almost second nature to Fred Hoyberg's off and Fred Ho- Hoiberg's offense which is ball in the middle to a big and the perimeter players back cutting uh, defenders who are beyond the defensive threshold and their ability to cut back to the basket at the same, at the same speed as the offensive player. Like that is a base advantage in this offense. And it's good to see that it is now a factor in Fred Hoiberg's offense. And they're going to be utilizing it because Derek Walker would catch in the middle. The point guards would get it, or the or the wings would get it to Derek Walker at the top of the key, depending on how far out the the, the, the opposing center would come. Or if he was defended at the free throw line, Derek could catch and drive by. He could go left. He'd go right, and then he'd get it to the glass. Sometimes he'd jump stop using the old pro game jump stop, gathering himself, pump faking a bit, getting in the air, going the free throw line, or kicking it back out to an open shooter. All of this is what's in Fred Hoiberg's system. It just hadn't been utilized without Derek Walker. Derek Walker's ability to handle the ball. He could dribble up. As a matter of fact, he'd catch a rebound and get the Huskers into their offense. He'd dribble it across half court and then get them into their system. Uh, but his ability to help with press break takes some of the burden, some of the the, the, the physical burden off Sam Griesel, so he doesn't have to handle the ball so much. It takes some of the burden off Emmanuel Band-Amel. Um and it frees up everybody else. Now there's interesting chemistry that's happened. Jawan Howard, uh, Jawan Gary, at and they play similar. Uh, so I, I got caught. Uh, Jawan Gary, uh, the transfer in from Alabama, who's been in, who's faced these monsters before. His ability to finish, he can shoot the, the three. You don't want to live there. You don't want him getting his mail there, but it's nice for him to visit there, shooting threes, opening up space. Uh, but his ability to put it on the floor, and he had two exclamation point dunks uh, against Florida State where ESP, the folks from ESPN all stood, rose, and applauded uh, his play. Derek Walker had had a, a couple of those finishes as well. What Derek Walker did for this team in, for, against Florida State Open up the gate. His chemistry, there's a chemistry between Derek Walker and Casey Tominaga. Uh, That is ongoing, and that is impressive, and that's fun to watch. Uh, Pick and roll game between those two. Uh, And then Sam Greasel and his ability to handle all the pressure that's put on him to handle the ball in those spaces. Uh, They come home 4-3 and and face Boston College at home, and then they'll kind of jump into the gauntlet which is a pretty impressive run of opponents that they're going to have to face, including Creighton and Indiana and Purdue. So uh, getting a win against Boston College would be a really good way to set this thing up uh, going into December. Uh, But kudos to the way they played. Better bench play, better bench energy, better coaching energy, all good stuff against Florida State in the win, a dominant win against the Florida State Seminoles. For the break, we'll come back. We're going to dive into the other side. We're going to talk about Amy Williams and the ladies of Nebraska basketball and where they are coming back from Puerto Rico, October. Welcome back. Appreciate you hanging out with us again as we talk a little hoops. Uh, you know, Fred Hoiberg and, and the men uh, and what they did. Uh, in Orlando, finding a way to get a win, uh, getting their fourth win in the season against Florida State. Uh, but we'll we'll lean forward and talk about Amy Williams and the five and two Lady Huskers uh, after the break here after this little uh, pause. Uh, Bet online, our friends who provide odds, props, and best lines each and every single day. It's where the game begins, and that includes basketball. So if you lean towards the curiosity in how games should be played out or how games might be played out jump on bet online it's where the game begins and they have all that information for you Um, amy williams had an interesting off season and trying to change figure out what she was going to do with this with this roster uh there were some 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 spots that need to be filled a lot of returning players. He was going to return uh, the the entire starting five that finished last season's NCAA team, and then an injury to Sam uh, to Sam Hybe, uh kind of put a damper on that, and then forced Amy Williams to kind of cons- reconsider roles and, and responsibilities of different players. Um, a question of note for me. Trinity Brady, who had been injured for the last two seasons, finally well enough to get out there. She's been in the starting lineup for all seven games for the Huskers. And give us about 17, 16, 17 minutes a game uh, for Amy Williams. Uh, and it's important to say that because Sam Hybe came back early, much earlier than expected, much earlier than 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 uh stated previously. And then what appeared to be re injured. Uh, said injury, uh, and then has been uh, out, of the, out of the lineup and uh, off the court the last two games while they're in Puerto Rico. And, uh, not an ideal situation and certainly not the most meaningful of games uh, for Nebraska uh, to force Sam Hyby to be out there. You can take your time and get it right, which is the important important thing for such an important person, uh, not only just player, an important person, uh, on this in, in this program uh sam Hybe is an important she's look she's a leader uh she's the poise factor she's the cool factor uh, she gets them in and out of situation and circumstance she's amazing off the floor as well as on the floor she is this team's leader and it doesn't matter whether she's on the floor this team is a is a sweet 16 grade eight team with a healthy sam Hybee on it that's how important she is. And I'll, I'll, I'll fall on that grenade at that at that level. Sam Highby is that important to this basketball team. Because she takes some of the additional ball handling, decision making, energy corralling, uh, leadership responsibility off of Jazz Shelley. And the two of them together provide a very difficult tandem for forget about it just being the Big Ten but college women women's college basketball has a difficult problem when you have two exceptional three-level players on both sides of the ball uh on the floor at the same time guards that can put, that can defend full court they can defend uh, in the trap they they all rebound well they can all be your playmaker on offense they can all knock down uh key jumpers uh long or short uh in critical moments uh they're great defensive Trendsetters, uh, they can set the tone for for what uh, they want other teams to have to do against Nebraska. So missing Sam Hybe affects Jazz Shelley. Except in the last game uh, in in Puerto Rico, Jazz Shelley put on a performance that is top level to hit four threes in, a, in an overtime in any overtime, against anybody. Look, you got a game that's in overtime. It's a competitive game. Jazz Shelley put this team on her back and didn't break a sweat. Uh, To watch the enthusiasm of her teammates as they recognize, and there's a thing that happens when you recognize when your best player or one of your best players gets it going. Like when it's the magic time and you're watching it. That she was shooting extended level threes four feet beyond the arc. And it was, it was, look, everybody raised their hands and put up the threes because they knew it was going in. It was important because this was a game that could have gotten away from the Huskers. And Jazz Shelley put this team on her back uh, and finished away. It it was impressive to me because Jazz has kind of had hot and cold moments when it comes to her shooting. She got it going. Uh, you can always count on the rebound. You can always count on her to handle the ball and get Nebraska into offenses. offenses. Um, it'll be interesting over the next uh, couple of games to see what the rotations is. Uh, Kendall Moriarty seems to play better with certain people on the floor. And I think, you know, Allison Weiner and Kendall play better together Uh They seem to defend better. They seem to communicate better when the other's on the floor. And then they know where the other wants to be, wants the ball, different spots on the floor, different timing on the floor. Um, Alexis Markowski has been uh, hot and cold. And, look, real talk with all the preseason uh, hype. Folks, Markowski's not sneaking up on anybody this year. Like, they understand who she is, what she does. They're going to force her to go away from her strong game and go opposite. Uh, she's made adjustments in that. But let's be clear, she's still averaging a double-double uh, with uh, 12 points, almost 13 points a game, uh, 10 rebounds a game. Uh, and plus she's shooting the ball uh, well. So I think she's had four really good shooting nights uh, out of the seven. So Markowski is providing what she does. Izzy Bourne is the player who – quite frankly, makes it either easy for Nebraska or difficult. Because when she's got her game rolling, which is that mid-range game, you know, she can shoot the three. Um, again, you don't you want her to visit there. You don't want her to get her mail there. Uh, but Izzy under the basket, in the paint with her footwork, her ability to get off shots with either hand high off the glass or over the front of the rim makes it really difficult to defend this Nebraska team. They are currently seven or eight deep. They're trying to figure out to do what to do with Kroll and company. But listen, at five and two, and an opportunity to come home and put some wins together and get a streak going as you're headed to the Big Ten Conference, I still say this. With Sam Hybe, uh, they're definitely a sweet 16 team. They're one of the top 16 teams in the country. Without her, they're still top 25. And I think they have the ability, once they get the rotation right, once they get that player rotation right and the chemistry right, and figure out who's going to play with who, uh, this Husker team will be a problem in the Big Ten uh, women's basketball conference. Before the break, we'll come back. We'll close out, and give a little shout out to John Cook and the Huskers uh, volleyball team as they head into the NCAA tournament, and then some interesting stats from both the men's program and the women's program. Double-digit players. I didn't know things I didn't know. It's a hoops-there-it-is edition. We wanted to check in on Nebraska basketball, uh, both men's and women's, a couple of things that were in play. A number that even after Orlando that jumped out at me, that when you look at the stats for Nebraska, the men's program, they have not one player in double figures. Not two. Not three. Not four. Not five. Six. Six players averaged 10 points a game for the Huskers. Uh, Derek Walker, again, in his two games, he leads the way at 17.5 points a game. Sam Greasel, 11 points a game. CJ Wilcher, 11 points a game. 10 apiece for Juwan Gary and 10 for uh, uh, Kesei Tamanaga and Emmanuel Bainamo. Kesei was the one that kind of stood up, but he's had those four big performances. And listen, Kesei's starting to get his likes. (laughs) He's also figured out his mid-range game, that he can pump fake. People will run him off the three-point line because that's what he's known for. But he's got the nice runner. He's got the nice two-handed finish around the bucket. Listen, it's an added factor, and quite frankly, uh, it makes it real easy for him to get minutes, quality minutes, because he was closing the half uh, in both cases. Vital vital four-minute runs, J.C. Tamanaga was on the floor. Uh, it was good to see Jamarcus Lawrence out there get his. Denham Dawson, of course, uh, is kind of the uh, the mood setter and the defensive uh, game changer. Uh, Bradbach uh started to get his feel with his footwork around the basket. Of course, Blaze Keita had a couple of really good ball games as well. But Derek Walker 17, averaging two games, 17.5 points, 12.5 rebounds uh, for the Huskers. So whew, good on him. On the other side for the ladies, I kept thinking to myself, um, what numbers, if you're defending the Huskers and you're scouting the Huskers, how would it play out? The leading score on the team surprised me. I thought it would be Jazz Shelley. It is in fact Alexis Markowski, who gives you 13 and a half points a game, 10 and a half rebounds a game. Um, I that's just impressive. Uh, she's shooting at 50 51 from the field, uh, 37, 38 from three. Um, the number that we circle for the two biggest – for the biggest score for Nebraska is 56 from the free throw line. She's 14 of 25. That's 11 points left at the table, and that's going to play out in the Big Ten Conference because once teams know, they're going to foul you rather than uh, let you finish and take the easy chippies. But uh, Jess Shelley averaging 13 points a game uh, along with seven assists and three rebounds. Uh, Izzy Bourne uh, giving you all sorts of numbers. She's giving you seven points a game. She's giving you 11 uh, 11 points a game, seven rebounds a game, uh, and handling the ball and then the defensive work that she's putting in. Allison Widener with 10 points a game as well. Uh, And then uh, Annika Stewart coming off the bench. And this is an impressive one to settle because this is another big who can shoot the ball. But uh, Annika Stewart coming off the bench with eight points a game. For the Huskers. Uh, we'll close with this because I want to be sure that we give credit where credit is due. John John Cook and what he's done, of course, the legendary Hall of Fame career uh, and with this amazing senior group that's le- uh, leaving uh, the program. Uh, names like Maddie Kubik and <laughs> Kenzie Knuckles and <laughs> Nicholson Hames and uh, look, this is this is a deep group. Even Annie Buckets. I got to give you a shout out Annie Buckets. They go into the NCAA volleyball tournament as a two-seed. They'll host the first two games at home. Then they'll go on the road, and they'll they'll face the folks that look like – it looks like they're, they're headed towards a matchup with Louisville, which they're very familiar with. To that we say, well done, the ladies of Husker Volleyball, once again making Husker Nation proud. We'll close with the three words that you'll hear at the Devaney Center as Huskers Volleyball host two games. Go Big Red.